Hello, welcome to Journey with Purpose. This is your host, Randy Plummel. This is episode eight, and we speak today with Colin Kelly. He is an industrial designer, and he talks about the new Better Bin, which is rolling out throughout the city of New York as we speak. Now, this is a topic near and dear to my heart, municipal waste. It is a dirty, sticky, icky topic, but it's really important. It's important from a safety and welfare point of view. It's important as a urban and sidewalk point of view. And it's important from a governance and civic virtue point of view. So it's all these things coming together. I really love geeking out about this because it is so completely complex and there is not one single solution. And so it is a area rife with opportunity and rife with compromise and complexity. Hey, Colin, welcome to the pod. Can you please tell us a little bit about yourself and where you're speaking to us from? My name's Colin Kelly, and I'm speaking to you from my studio in uh, Red Hook in Brooklyn, New York. I'm a industrial designer, and I run a small design studio based here in Brooklyn. I've been working in design for over 15 years uh, now. Well, welcome to the pod. I'd love to understand and get some context on the state of waste collection here in New York City. Waste collection in New York is a massive effort that includes lots of different entities and people. So waste comes from a few different places, residential waste, commercial waste, and I guess you could call it public waste on the streetscape. So residential waste and public space waste generally is handled by the Department of Sanitation. There's a slight caveat there because the Parks Department and et cetera, they have their own waste collection systems. But generally, uh, litter basket, corner litter basket waste, residential waste is handled by the Department of Sanitation. Commercial waste is handled by third-party carters. Department of Sanitation does other things as well. They keep streets clean and free from snow and dirt. They do street sweeping. They have quite a lot of things under their belt. I'd also mention that the Department of Sanitation is taking a lot of steps now to curb some of the issues around collection. I think mainly the piles of trash bags that that find their way onto our sidewalk, which not only is an eyesore, but actually is causing health issues with the rise of our rodent friends. One of the big issues is is just the, the influx and increase in rats. I mean, the rat population is skyrocketing. And there's a lot of initiatives around containerization, both for residences and businesses to basically take this ancient idea of putting trash into bins so that rodents aren't able to access, you know, just a bag strewn on the street, putting it into a bin to mitigate that issue. And also just the unsightliness of these bags of trash all over our street corner. I think putting things into bin is a great idea. So there's a lot of, a lot of thinking and new rules put in place too around containerization. And there's a lot of waste in New York. And also capturing new waste streams. So I mentioned compost, uh, composting. There's 
I don't exactly remember, recall like where they are in that rollout process, but I know in Brooklyn, it was last week that we had mandatory compost across Brooklyn. So that's huge. I think that that accounts for so much of the waste that is picked up. Food waste is such a huge portion of that. And it was always such a shame for that to be going to the landfill. And so I think that's going to make a huge impact on reducing landfill waste. And I know that there was a goal to eventually get to zero waste in landfills. And I hope that that's still achievable. Thank you for that. I think waste is so fascinating to me because so many people create it and also they have to get rid of it. So one of the reasons why I was so interested in speaking with you today is Better Bin. So I remember a couple of years ago, there was an invited competition to redesign the sidewalk litter bin that is ubiquitous here in New York. If anyone's walked down the streets of New York, there's a lot of different types of sidewalk litter bins, but the one that is perhaps the most iconic is the green wire mesh one. You can even get a scale model reproduction of it for your pens on your desk. Can you please talk to us a little bit about the process of Better Bin and how it came to life? Better Bin started as a design competition in the summer of 2018. There's actually a really great story around how even the competition started. There's a industrial designer in New York City. His name's Peter Schoen. And I think he actually sent a tweet at the Department of Sanitation, essentially saying, we need to rethink these, these baskets, specifically the, the green wire mesh. We need to design something that's more ergonomic, essentially. I think it might have been as simple as that. So it was a simple tweet. And Peter's an awesome guy. He was a part of the competition and has been helping us through this whole thing. And it started with essentially like, let's rethink this thing. And it turned into a design competition. The city put out an RFP calling designers from across the world to submit ideas to reimagine the green wire mesh basket. The design has been around since the 1930s. So it's quite a, you know, quite an old design, although very iconic looking. I think there's something to be said just about its status as a kind of an icon on the street corner. But in terms of its, you know, its utility and it's specifically how the sanitation worker experience around that basket is quite honestly pretty horrible. There was a an opportunity to reimagine it, redesign it. And so this competition was put into place and myself and its small team immediately jumped on this competition. I've been very interested in municipal waste systems and urban design and specifically trash cans for a long time. So this competition came up and it was just like, okay, wow, this is sort of perfect. Would love to do something for New York and, and think about this litter basket in New York. So we submitted an idea. And then in the fall of that year, they, they chose a set of finalists. There were originally three finalists that were chosen and that eventually got whittled down to two. And the two finalist teams, group project, my team, and then another team were given a little bit of money to produce prototypes of our ideas. And so we produced 12 prototypes. And that summer, they were put on the street for a pilot testing period. And they were out there for about three months. And they were scattered all over the city, different neighborhoods, just to see how the prototypes behaved in real world conditions. And the Department of Sanitation was really about choosing neighborhoods, because certain neighborhoods, they get destroyed faster than others. During the prototype period, 
in that summer. There were some in Hell's Kitchen. There were some in Flushing and then in Port Morris. So they were scattered in a few different neighborhoods. They were scattered around the Guggenheim and the Upper East Side for a while. Those prototypes have been on the street since that summer, which is a testament to those prototypes. I'm amazed. I didn't think they were. I was worried that they weren't going to last that summer, and they've been out there for all these years. All right, I'm going to stop here for a minute. It's important to understand what prototype means in this context. Sometimes prototypes are ideas embodied, and sometimes, like this, it's about making a few of them and putting them out into the real world and either getting them tested in controlled settings or uncontrolled public settings like this was. So I would imagine part of understanding the efficacy of Better Bin was really understanding how sanitation workers use it, since sanitation worker is one of the most dangerous jobs here in New York. I'd love to know what you found out. In 2019, we built 12 prototypes, and the, the goal of those prototypes were essentially to test functionality, test ergonomics, aesthetics, but we weren't necessarily testing real-world mass-produced manufacturing processes. So we used real materials, but we made them at a prototype level, so we weren't doing processes that were meant for mass production, essentially. The end of that testing period, the city gathered feedback from. There was a public online portal where the public could provide feedback. They got feedback from sanitation workers. They gathered feedback and their own observations about how the prototypes behaved. And they chose a winner. And Group Project won the competition. Then actually things were put on hold for about two years because of COVID. We were about to enter a, another phase to ramp up for production, but things got put on hold, budget cuts, et cetera. And then about a year ago, we ramped back up and started our design for manufacturing process and launched the bins onto the street just a couple of weeks ago. Can you tell us a little bit about why you think Better Bin was selected? I think one of the reasons why the Department of Sanitation ended up going with our proposal was that sanitation workers loved it. You mentioned injury and back issues and all of those issues that come with the hard work that is a sanitation worker. When we started our initial concept phase, we very, very quickly rallied around this idea of a, a modular construction, meaning that the bin could come up, could come apart and it's made of multiple pieces. And the piece that goes in between the street corner and the truck is really lightweight and really malleable because it takes a lot of abuse. This sanitation worker services, I can't remember the exact number, but it might be up to a few hundred baskets per shift. And the liner that we designed is about half the weight of the green wire mesh basket, which equates to about five or 7,000 pounds less per shift per sanitation worker. So they really, really loved it. Can you share a little more about what you learned during this prototype phase? That prototype test period helped us confirm some of those fundamental hypotheses around how it worked and would that work in the context of a real life service, servicing experience on the street. I think some of the learnings were we had terrible, terrible drainage was one thing. The bins just did not drain very well on those prototypes. And they were also very costly. I think that's just comes with the territory with a prototype. I brought up the, the costliness too, because of the drainage and the cost are surprisingly intertwined because the base of our bin needs to be quite heavy 
and also allow for fluids to drain through. It needs to be heavy to prevent the whole thing from tipping over. And the, the method we used to, to make weight on the prototype is very different than what we did on the final product. And that was both to help with drainage and also to reduce cost. Can you help me visualize what Better Bin looks like on the streets of New York? The overall appearance consists of three elements. There's a, a lid on top, and then below that lid, there is a metal shield on one side and a plastic liner on the other side. You can tell the difference because of the color. The shield is a gray, mid-tone gray, and then the liner is a darker, darker black. And that's maybe the 10-foot view. You get a little closer, you look at the lid from the top, and you can see that the, the lid is actually bisected in the center. And that's for two reasons. One is that it, it's meant to mitigate large residential waste from being put in the bin and prevent overflow, but it's also a hinge. That hinge allows half of the lid to flip up, and that's how the liner can, get, can be pulled out from the bin itself, and that's how the sanitation worker services the bin. So they flip the lid up, pull the liner out, drag it to the truck, dump the trash in the back of the truck, bring it back, and close the lid. So it consists of those three main elements, a, a lid, a stand, and then a liner. Can you speak of what sorts of considerations you were taking into account as you designed Better Bin, not just as a piece of street furniture, but as an urban object? We were definitely thinking about the, call it the pedestrian point of view, the individual that might throw a piece of litter in, a piece of trash into it. And I think there, there were certain considerations around just making it understand clearly that it's somewhere you put trash. And also, these can be made into trash and recycling. So we looked at a system around creating that designation between trash and recycling. That's really just using color and graphics to, to designate that. We looked at ADA compliance, and we actually worked with the mayor's office for persons with disabilities to review our prototypes and give us feedback so that we were making these for, for all New Yorkers. Can you speak to how it felt as a designer and a person to go through this process? It started as a design competition. And at that time, you're really like, who knows? You are kind of throw this idea out there and hope for the best. Given our background, the team's background, it felt like we had solid design and engineering expertise on that team. I knew that we had a shot, but I also had no idea. When we learned that we were finalists, obviously we were ecstatic. We had to quickly become very professional, very quickly. The team that submitted that initial concept, we were just a group of friends. Two, two of my friends from college and then another mechanical engineering friend from a past job very quickly had to get a lawyer, form an LLC, get, get liability insurance. <laughs> like We had to actually, in order to conduct business with the city, you have to be a legitimate entity. And we were not that. We were just, again, a group of friends. <laughs> so that was, a, that was a fascinating process. We like very quickly had to grow up and become something in order to actually move on to the next stage because obviously we were competing against legit, legitimate firms. We had to grow up quickly. I love that story of having to grow quickly. That's a good problem to have. I mean, your group was also in the same league as Smart Design, which recently redesigned the Taxi of the Future and the branding around taxis and has been quite an influential industrial design company for quite some time. 
I think obviously being a finalist with Smart Design was an honor. I, I would also say that I used to work at Smart. It was my first job out of college. I was there for six years. I have so much respect for that company. And I'd argue that who knows if I would have even gotten to be a finalist without some of that initial training I got at that company. And they're all friends. So that was a fun part of this process too, as we were competing on this project together, but we all knew each other as well. Like we know, we all know each other. Design, the design world in New York is quite small also. It was a very much like friendly competition there. Um, when it came to the winner announcement, I think personally for me, I, I didn't have a hunch. I was very surprised that we won. I thought that both of our proposals were very good. They were very different though, really different. And I didn't have a sense for where the department was, like where their heads were at. I could very much see them going either way. And so I was really shocked and elated and excited. It's been a lot of work. Getting those prototypes out on the street was an incredible amount of work. And then obviously just the, the design for manufacturing process. We were not only a part of that aspect, but we helped the city vet manufacturers. We did a lot of factory tours to understand certain process and methods that, that could work, met with different facilities. And I think, yeah, it's been a, it's been a journey for sure. It's really exciting to see it start to roll out. Obviously, over the last couple of weeks, just because of the, the massive effort and the, the teams that were involved, I was just recently starting to just acknowledge all of the people that have touched this project over the last five years. And it's a long, long list of people who have, in some ways, influenced or, or touched it. And so it's been a big effort, and, but it's really exciting to see it out there. I'd love to give you space to give a shout out to your collaborators. The original design team was myself, Britt Kleinman, Brandon Massey, and Chris Glacier. There's been a, a lot of people that have touched it. Most recently, we worked with a great engineering firm headed up by Kevin Luzo and Adriana Kligman. And we worked with them on the most recent phase, the design for manufacturing phase. And we've also worked with two great graphic designers, Jared Barreto and Ariane Franz, who developed a really beautiful design system for the bins. And then obviously there's other folks at the Department of Sanitation, a whole list of amazing partners there, and then our manufacturing partners as well. My name's Colin Kelly. I'm an industrial designer, and I'm talking to you from Red Hook in Brooklyn, New York. Thank you, Colin, for telling us the behind-the-scenes story on Better Bin, a waste basket which is now being rolled out throughout the five boroughs. If you are interested in more examples of sidewalk bins or other street furniture, check out my other website, typology.city, where I'm charting street furniture a bit like I'm playing a nerdier version of Pokemon Go, but with actual physical pieces of street furniture. Now, this might be super nerdy, but I think street furniture is an important thing to study because it is where public policies meet our bodies. And it's really a clear manifestation in how we treat ourselves. So for more street geekiness, head on over to typology.city and it's in the show notes. But for now, that's been an episode of Journey with Purpose. This is episode eight 
with Colin Kelly. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm your host, Randy Plummel. Please head on over to our main website at jwp.news for more episodes. And please smash that like, heart, and share button. And if you're feeling like you need a little bit of retail therapy, head on over to jwp.news and purchase some pamphlets where we share more stories about how we interact with the world. And if you use the code free shipping, all one word, that's free shipping, you get, that's right, free shipping. Now, every view or opinion expressed in this podcast, they're solely the views of the individuals involved and by no means represent the views of our employers, past or present. That's it for me. Be well and see you on the internets.